Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my good friend here, filmmaker, film producer, Christian Alphonse. How's it going, buddy? Doing well, man. How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just, you know, taking it easy, uh, staying creative like always, right? Just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with friends like you, seeing what they're up to. Uh, you're one of the original guests that I've had on, so I'm so excited to have you back and, you know, have a conversation about what we always love to talk about, and that's film. Yeah, man, happy to be back. And lots has been happening. Lots been happening, man. Like the market's going crazy. GameStop's going to the moon. NFTs are super popular. Everyone's trying to get into it. It's a very exciting time right now to be a digital artist. For those that don't know Christian, uh, I love having these conversations because he gives uh, a more practical uh, business kind of perspective uh, to filmmaking and they're legitimate because I'm always joke around that I'm the creative person where my mm-hmm. mind's always kind of like running <laughs> five different miles mm-hmm. and Christian kind of helps ground it and make me realize all these different things like NFTs and uh, things to look out for, like the games stop uh, stock. And it's really nice to have a friend that uh, has, has that business acumen, right. Has that uh, financial uh, perspective on how to manage their money and really what's going on with the trends in the market. Cause that's, I think, very important. And that's something that we're going to discuss in the filmmaking industry, because you've been keeping up with a lot of the trends or basically what's going to be happening in the future. Yeah, man, definitely try to keep up at this point in time. I guess studios are finally waking up and realizing that like the assets that they have, you know, can actually make them more money. So it would be quite interesting, especially with it, with this NFT thing. It's going to be very interesting. Right. And we'll talk about that more. Cause I, I'm genuinely curious about what, what that all, what that's all about. But uh, yeah, so as filmmakers, uh, we're always having that conversation together about the future of cinema, especially when you consider the strain the pandemic has caused on the industry. Yet there comes to mind something that could quite possibly change the way films are made. And you showed me this video on YouTube uh, regarding the metaverse. Can you Mm -hmm. walk us through what the metaverse is for those that have no idea what I'm talking about? Yes, man, definitely. So quite simple the metaverse is a universe that exists outside as reality so we all seen ready player one i'm sure everyone's seen that movie similar concept right where we exist in this virtual world the metaverse always existed you know one big metaverse right now is fortnite in which you can play multiple characters can play the guy you can play as a character family guy give you all these different things and what's very interesting with Fortnite, because Fortnite has its own economy, you know, there's its own little coins you can buy to buy multiple characters and like dances. But what's very interesting as well now is that we're seeing artists going to Fortnite to perform concerts. So mm-hmm. for instance, last year, Travis Scott was in Fortnite, you know, performing one of his biggest hits. So the metaverse is this whole idea or concept that the universe that we're currently existing um, exists other universes in which people can like network virtually. So it's gonna be very quite interesting. So the video I sent you was about a filmmaker, uh, quite forgot his name, I don't know if you remember his name, but uh, he worked with one of the major studios and he spoke about how there is an innovation for evolution, I think, in film in which people can actually be present in their favorite movies. So if you think about virtual reality, right, we put in a headset, now we can actually be in the film and now we can actually interact with the characters and we can create our own narratives within our own world. Right. Uh, what's very interesting now is Roblox um, IPO'd last week. I'm sure I've spoken about Roblox before. I don't know if the, car- the audience knows knows what Roblox is, but it's quite similar to uh, the idea of Minecraft in which young kids can make their own games and their own mm-hmm. worlds and they can play with their friends. I think it IPO'd for like $30 or 40 start, 30 to $40. The price went to $60, if I remember correctly. So it's quite interesting. So interesting times right now. So Metaverse is a different world in which people can interact spend money do different things you know it's quite interesting that's what a metaverse is and i think filmmakers should be very excited i think daniel uh, govin levitz even said that games are not the future of cinema i don't mm-hmm. know if you read that if you've seen that article games yeah for, well i believe that I, I had a podcast the other day about with my buddy about how it's just pushing the envelope and it's pushing the art form uh to something where it's competing probably now on a cinematic scope 
Mm-hmm. You have uh, Last of Us, you have Uncharted that are now being adapted uh, mm-hmm. to the screen. And they're not TV movies. These are like big budget. You know, you got HBO involved, right? Um, yeah. So it's uh, very interesting to see it go that direction. And you play these video games, like I'm currently playing Uncharted Remastered. Mm-hmm. And you see the the thought and the love that these gamers put into, you know, the scope of these games and, and really how it transcends from what we saw as 2D platforms to, mm-hmm. you know, immersive worlds and landscapes. And um, it's just quite exciting, really. And I wanted to get into the video that you sent me about the metaverse, because George Bloom, who's a CBS digital executive, he was explaining how um, you can basically create and develop a movie all in the comfort of your home uh, yes. with technology. So, so that was the guy's name, right? George Bloom, right? Yeah, yes. perfect. Yeah. So please, please elaborate on, on this. And what was it that struck you? Like, why did, why did you need to send me this video? Man, because at a point in time, what's going to be very interesting now is that people are going to make their own narratives, you know, and not follow the narratives that the writer has, wrote, has written for them. That's what made me so um, excited about this because now I can actually be part of the movie instead of being a... Uh, instead of being a spect- uh, spectator, which would be the correct word to use, I can actually be active, you know, I can actually make my own narratives, you know, interact with it and actually be completely immersed in the story other than being just being a spectator. That's why it got me so excited because I was like, this is it. This is the ultimate game changer. Think about all the movies that are remastering and are remaking now. Think about yeah. if they can put in in a, in a metaverse in which you can actually be that character so let's say for me, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. You yeah. know, I would that. love to be in <laughs> to, to, uh, Tokyo Drift. Right. I would love to be able to play as Han and just drifting around and being at my own garage and making like shitty business deals. Yeah, Imagine yeah. that possibility. So I think, that's, I think that's what it is because at this point in time, Hollywood is taking all their high concept films and they're just remaking them. So Pretty I much, don't see yeah. it. I don't see it being far-fetched from them actually taking a love franchise and making a whole universe based on that franchise. Yeah, but, I was, I was currently ahead. watching. Yeah, uh, I was just currently watching the Alien franchise, and uh, I was reading, you know, how Disney because they acquired 20th Century Fox, mm-hmm. and they're going to be making even more sequels uh, to that. You know, expanding the universe, how they always do with movies, and back to what you were saying about that concept, where they're taking these studios are taking their most. Uh, valuable ip and mm-hmm. they're doing anything they can to um make it worthwhile make it uh profitable and yeah. with this metaverse i can see that happening for sure i can also see a lot of fan fiction um mm-hmm. a lot of fan films being made but more you know gritty authentic uh you can buy into it and it allows for creative expression it allows for people to feel out the art form Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like ourselves, because like you said, you love the Fast and Furious movies. I love Star Wars movies. Like imagine the technology being so good where you know how we post things on Instagram or we post mm-hmm. things on TikTok. Look at TikTok. Even though people look at it as a, you know, childish app in some ways, uh, the fact that you can edit a video, right, and add music to it. We have so come so far in technology. Before you would have to have the most complicated editing program, probably an yeah. expertise in film. Uh, but the technology allows you uh, to create such hilarious and sometimes very inspirational and creative videos on TikTok. But my only concern, and it's something I wanted to address when I was watching this, because they did an example with 21 Jump Street, how, you know, you, you can be in a dorm room and you, you can you know sit on your bed and, and, and basically feel like you're in college and have your actor feel like that they're on the, they're at the real location. My concern, what I want to bring back at is... Mm-hmm. Do you not feel that the eye can detect when it is fake? And do you feel where no. there in some films because, it should be real because it immerses you? Well, the technology is moving at a rapid pace that we're not mm-hmm. gonna be able to tell what's real what's not real anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, if we think about the life of Pi, you know, remember that movie? That oh, yeah. tiger felt so real. <laughs> like, yeah. Was he even in the ocean? Probably not. No, he right? wasn't. Probably a big green screen yeah, you know, with, yeah. a, with a with a raft. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the audience is not going to be able to tell. But what's also very exciting too is now, you know, upcoming filmmakers, emerging filmmakers 
or people that just want to get into filmmaking business can actually do it at a low cost because the technology is available. You know, there's no big barriers. All you got to do is actually spend time to actually learn how to use the software, you know, mm-hmm. but it's right. It's very exciting time. I, I see this as when the super eight millimeter films were available to the public. Right. You know, that's when, like the Spielbergs and those guys were able to come up and make films themselves instead of having a studio backing them up. Right? Exactly. Right. So yeah. when the event of a video camera, you know, mm-hmm. this, this is, this is it. This is the next frontier. I, I'm very fascinated and very curious to know how people are going to use it, especially these big studios, because at this point in time, you know, they are, they saw that there's a community and there's a lot of franchises and they're just going to squeeze as much as they can to get every dollar out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. And that's a big thing. The of community course. part, that's a big thing. There is an audience already there that's, that's waiting for it. Yeah. So I wanted to mention though, because you talk about being profitable for filmmakers and uh, studios alike. However, I remember in the pandemic when it, especially when it first started, you were bringing up the concern of, you know, in order to, kind of last in the industry or in the foreseeable future, you would have to be a player in animation. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why did you make this strong statement and why do you still stand by it with animation? Because animation, there is no cost of having like a big set. So let's think about, let's think about an animated picture compared to like a live action. Right. Live action, like we have so many people on set. We have the grip guy, we have the AD, we have the other AD, we have the script supervisor, we have the cast, we have the extras, we have the catering. So there's lots of costs already involved in doing a live action picture, right? Because there's also regulations involved, there's unions involved. Compared to animation, all you need is a, a team of people that draws and redraws a director right. the stars and that's it you don't have to worry about catering the food because they're already doing it in the studio right you can always outsource that so that's why i think animation is a future of film but going back to the metaverse thing and, and like george bloom explained beautifully is all these costs of having a lot of action something mm-hmm. those those costs don't exist anymore because why do i need a set designer when I can design the set by myself, you know, I can just 3D map a room that I like mm-hmm. and just put that as a set, you know? But again, you believe, but I, my, my biggest concern uh, as a creative is, you know, you, you can detect if it's fake because a lot of movies have not aged well. I think we can both agree on that. But you're, you believe that the technology is going to be so advanced where the human eye won't be able to detect it. Yeah, correct. Because it's a, so think about Moore's law, right? Not as okay. a new law. Um, based in quantum um, computing. But Moore's law, for people that don't know, is the idea that technology moves at a rapid pace that is exponential, right? Of course, certain movies don't last, but you know that's because they didn't execute very well. Right. One beautiful movie that I always think that always lasts all the time you know, is the Star movies, but that's because they do good use of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Life of Pi is a movie that's gonna last very well because they blend beautifully practical effects and real life animation so go ahead i think that's my biggest thing that i wanted to mention is what you just said the importance of blending practical and visual practical effects and visual effects um because i I enjoy it but i enjoy it as a viewer man because i was watching the alien franchise right Mm. and you know the originals obviously you know they're they're made differently in a different era altogether but when they did the practical effects for that xenomorph, that mm-hmm. alien, it was like, you felt it, like you felt like it was real, like it was mm-hmm. there, the animatronics, right? Especially the animatronics of an Android. And I just feel like, you know, with the newer ones like Prometheus and Alien Covenant, well, while they were, you know, well done in their own way, and I, I enjoyed it, I know people have issues with them, but from visual effects standpoint, you know, there were moments when it was like, I enjoy the practical effects of the older movies. That's what made it so terrifying is you felt like this thing was real. Mm-hmm. Um, and the suspension of disbelief like is out the window. So that's just something that I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about because I've seen, like you just mentioned Star Wars, the originals, you make a very good point. Yeah, they, they look, they don't age poorly because they were made with practical effects, real effects. Uh, they built these things, these sets. Mm-hmm. But the prequels, have you watched prequels lately? 
yeah, the protocols are, aren't the best. No, I'm saying particularly episode two, like there's shots yeah. where you could tell like they're in a green screen, they're in a yeah. booth. And I'm just concerned about that, right? The, mm. But I but I do want to, but I think what you're you're trying to uh, say here is someone like us, right? That's up and coming, that's aspiring to get to that professional level shouldn't really get concerned with that. They should get concerned about how do I get my content out there uh, efficiently and effectively. So having platforms like virtual technology, that metaverse, allow us creatives to do so. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you agree with? 100%. I'm always surprised when people are embracing technology because technology is the reason why you're able to do what you're doing right now. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're up and coming, man, you should be learning how to do blending. You know, there's a bunch of software out there. You should be learning to do animation. You should be learning how to use 3D cameras, you know, to create a, a set. Those are one of the things that's very critical is going to save you a lot of time and costs. And that's where the technology is going. Like one cool thing, I think you saw the, the Mandalorian, right? That was one of the biggest. Mandalorian, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. They yeah. use a lot of uh, effects and practical effects together. Mm-hmm. So the set itself, they weren't actually on set. It was like a big giant screen that was able to create the illusion of them being in different worlds. And right? I noticed but they're it, experimenting more with like face mash, right? Like this, this mm-hmm. concept where you blend other people's faces. And that's something you predicted. Yeah, where it's going to come to a point, the own the studio owns your likeness. Yeah. So you sign a contract. And instead of, you know, worrying about you coming on for the next, uh, fr- like five movies, mm-hmm. they just say, if you do this movie, we own we own you anytime we associate yeah. you with this IP. Yeah, right. Exactly. So Sigourney Weaver and aliens, right? Like yeah. that face gets manipulated on someone else's body. And thank you for, for coming. <laughs> yeah. And even crazier, I got into Mortal Kombat 11. I'm seeing the Terminator as a playable character. Yeah. So I'm seeing all these other IPs going to Mortal Kombat 11 because Warner Bros. owns Mortal Kombat. So it's really interesting to see. Because that's also a bit part of the metaverse as well, right? One yeah, thing from different universe going to another universe. So yeah, man, this is, this is the next big thing. So upcoming filmmakers man embrace it man because now the the playing field has, has been leveled right so this is why they should be excited because yeah it's never been a better time to be a filmmaker in that in that respect if you have a story to tell it, it's much easier as mm-hmm. george bloom said in the video where he was tired of going to restaurants hearing people struggle and mm-hmm. they're trying to make their movies happen but they can't because they're limited uh certain resources i know i'm excited because i you know me i when i write i mm-hmm. imagine a uh, world and scale scopes and scales of you know that require mm-hmm. that budget and you always remind me like buddy like you know let's just bring it back because we don't have uh that that uh a resource or equipment uh, to do to do the things you want to do but um what you're saying is that if things pick up in the next five ten years uh it's quite possible that you can make at least a concept uh film right like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize like you don't need to make a feature film sometimes even a 10 minute film just to give like yeah. a little taste put it on youtube shop it around as they say um does wonders to you, uh, advances you light years to as, oppo- as opposed to you going around begging for funding, begging for like, can we please have this uh, location uh, permit, you know, to mm. do this shot, I need this shot, right? Uh, so that's definitely why we both agree it's a exciting time for filmmakers and why should they, they should take advantage of the metaverse, right? Yeah, exactly. And one thing people don't understand as well, there's lots of money invested in virtual technology now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, Oculus Quest, you know, which got bought by Facebook, I think their price now is $500, which is reasonable to what a new console price is. I predict in the next couple of years, those prices are going to be to 300 to 200 and in which people can actually start getting their hands on VR technology. So quite exciting times. I, I don't think people quite understand um, the big impact that's going to happen, but it's it's there. Like people are already selling their art visually and making good no, money true. off it. Yeah. So <laughs> they're so not even selling the, the original uh, canvas, <laughs> like the original piece of work. Well, like that's the thing with, the, with digital art, you know, there's no original, right? Because we're copying the media file, right? Right, right. Yeah. What makes it authentic? So we're talk- now we're talking about NFTs, right? Non-fungible tokens. Okay. What, what makes it authentic is the fact that the artist said, oh, you're buying this from me and I'm, and I'm minting that this is actually legit and this is actually from me giving it to you. 
Right. You can always copy the media file. That's not that's not the issue. What's the issue is that the artist saying that, oh, I actually made this and I'm actually giving it to this person. That's what so, the real value is. So NFT, for those that don't know, um, I believe it's basically a concept where the artist has a copyright on that original expression of art, whether it's digital, whether it's uh, a jingle they made or like a YouTube video. Uh, because other people use use it, it's been common where other people might snatch it and because they don't have the proper legalities um they can't defend themselves is no. that, is that it, it's a way so, to protect artists so nfts is is built on a blockchain you know okay. so what nft basically does it creates a really unique identifier and puts it on a ledger that this piece of art is on this identifier on this ledger Mm -hmm. made by this artist right and if the artist decides to sell it they can sell it either using uh ethereum or other type of cryptocurrency but right now it's ethereum and if they do sell it to let's say to, to myself like i'm buying for instance grumpy cat was an nft was an art piece that was being sold i think that sold for fifty five thousand dollars the original grumpy cat photo um so if i bought it and i decide to resell it the grumpy cat creator wouldn't make a bit of of money as well when i sold it i think their loyalty is like 0.001 of the next resale value so it's actually pretty good i think that's very interesting now because the artists will always get paid whenever people sell before when it was in like sotheby's you know all these other big auction houses the artists didn't see any money off the next resale value they only saw the first payment off the art, which really sucks sure. if you think about it. There's a lot to learn uh, for sure with this new concept. And uh, that just is a testament to how fast the industry, like the world is moving with technology yeah. because yeah. there's always these new concepts, bro. And it's hard to keep up, but I think that's the point of being uh, the ones that survive are adaptable. Yeah. <laughs> I want to call it a new concept. I think it's just a new idea of doing business. Yeah. One, one cool thing right now is smart contracts. I don't know if you've heard about smart contracts, but that's, I think that's going to be the ultimate game changer. And Talk us, tell, tell us about that. What, what do you so mean by smart, smart contract? Smart contract is also built on a blockchain. So let's say, for instance, you know, I'm flying with Air Canada. And when I buy my ticket, I have to, there's a terms and conditions, right? And I see the term conditions with Air Canada is that like if the plane is delayed for at least two hours, I, I get a refund right away. Mm-hmm. So I made the purchase through Air Canada. It's through a smart contract. So it's on a blockchain in the terms of conditions or in the blockchain is only um, active when my flights get delayed and the blockchain is linked to the Air Canada database. So when I go to the airport, I do, you know, I do the TFSA, I do all on the TFSA, I do the check and stuff, you know, and I see on the screen that the flight is delayed for two plus hours. Yeah. I get my money right away without even going to the front desk. Really? Like it's, ar- it's already on Like already taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have or to like Amazon it, right? where you just press refund and they take care of, like, you don't even have to speak to an agent. Yeah, exactly. So it's so similar to what like a vending machine is, right? You put your money in and you're putting your code and you get it right away, right? It's it's instinct. So there's no delays. There's no middleman. It's already the terms of conditions already put on a blockchain. So no one can change the terms and conditions. So the outcome will, will be will be instantaneous, which I think will be exciting. Because if you think about it, like getting a home, or like doing a royalty deal with a major company, doing a smart contract means that like they can't, you don't have to go through certain hoops, you know, like, oh, the house has to go, the money has to go to escrow, all that kind of stuff. It's like, hey, I like this house. If the person that does the safety checks says this house is good to go, you can get your money right away. I'm gonna get my money right away. And we can do that within like a day. No need to do it for a couple of weeks. I think that's what's very exciting with a smart contract. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's instant. There's no time to wait anymore. And both parties will be happy because it's about the terms and conditions already met already, right away. If that makes sense for people. But I definitely recommend everyone yeah. to do their research on smart contracts and on the blockchain. It's definitely game changing <laughs> stuff because yeah. that's happening right now with the voting processes. Mm. What do you mean? So, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? 
so voting, you know, when you vote, it's some votings are being done through the blockchain, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I vote for so-and-so, I'm voting for this person, you know, and yeah. that's my terms and conditions. As soon as I vote for that, no one can change that vote. You know, no one can be right. like, oh, this vote is going for all this other person. No, I voted for this person itself. So it's very interesting, it's very interesting stuff. But all this technology, where are we seeing it being used? It just wasn't available. Slowly to being public. integrated, right? Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like, I don't even like, because there's big community in there. That's the thing. Right. That's the thing. The world's huge, man. There's lots going on. So it's, it's no, hard for to sure, keep track man. It, what's going on. It, it really ahead. is. But no, but I just want to say like um, what you were saying where smart contracts, NFTs, um, there's nothing new about them. They're, they're slowly being introduced. Like they've always been yeah. familiar. Um, they're just slowly being integrated into you know, our, our society, our economy, things like that. Uh, like a, an example, what I remember from the Joe Rogan podcast, he was explaining how, you know, uh, cell phones uh, have, have become like we become cyborgs in a way because we're very dependent on these machines uh, to keep mm-hmm. us functioning, keep us organized, uh, keep us up to date, in touch with people that we care about. And it's not far from the truth. You know, that concept where Elon Musk is saying like putting a chip in the brain or mm-hmm. in your skin tissue, right? He's arguing, saying, you know, it won't be that difficult to integrate it into society because we're already dependent uh, with our devices. And if this chip can even uh, can exponentially make our lives better, you'll see the people in numbers and droves line up. Yeah. So, and that's because of years of being introduced, slowly being familiar with that idea that dependency of, of technology. And, you know, like for me, I, I don't know what I do if my phone was like turned off, you know, I have mm-hmm. all my contacts in there. I couldn't even set up this meeting because, mm-hmm. you know, I have your cell phone, I have your email. And I think it's very important that people realize uh, what's, what's on the horizon, you know, mm-hmm. and that uh, it's okay if things are happening too fast, because that's the whole point is <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's going to be like that with, with the advancements that we have in technology. Um, I do want to mention though, with, uh, I know you talked about this many times, but for our viewers and also for me, because I, I really like to wrap my head around this, this whole thing about, uh, the platform Quibi, speaking mm-hmm. of things moving too fast, and this one, I guess, didn't make it, uh, what did the software provide users and why did it fail then? Uh, man, well, that's a great question. I, I didn't, uh, use Quibi, but I had friends that use Quibi, mm-hmm. friends in the States, um, Basically, it was just quick bites of of content. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing they really brag about was the fact that now you can use the video instead of watching vertically, you can do it horizontal. Okay. And that will and that wasn't gonna change the viewing experience for the users. Reason why it failed is because they spent too money. They spent too much money too quick, and they didn't really prove prove show a concept, right? Prove a concept, right? You can have all these major artists you know, all these major actors, you know, create their own content. But what it felt to realize is that these artists are competing against YouTubers, mm-hmm. musicians, because there's Spotify, there's Apple Music, TikTok, you know, there's lots of there that are competing against and all these things are also quit and short. So the celebrities so, would use this platform to create their own original content. Right? Yeah. So like they pay celebrities to create they pay celebrities, own. right? And, yeah. and some would be scripted, some would be like cinematic, because I've seen some clips. Mm-hmm. But I think what you made a good point is they're competing with all these people that they fail to realize one detail. They don't have um, anyone they have to run by. These people that you see pumping out content on TikTok and YouTube, um, there's no barriers. There's no yeah. creative roadblocks. There's no people that they have to sign a contract with. They just put whatever they want out there, and it goes viral for a reason because it's authentic. It's you know, like, not, yeah, it's that and also easy to share. Quibi, you know, you weren't able to share those content with your friends. And that's also a big Oh, thing oh because there's, again, back to the contracts of they probably, the people involved wanted, they had to like require some sort of fee. Like the people involved, no, the people involved didn't want the users to share their content with other people. That's, that was, that unless, was they pay, unless they paid a fee? Is that what I'm Unless saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you can't compete with someone on TikTok that's, uh, you know, dancing to a, to a song uh, on her spare time. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and sharing it for no cost. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So my, this person's dancing really, really, really funny. let me just send that to my, to my family yeah. members. They're going to get a good crack at this. Exactly. Or that man with the feather tattoo on it, on his head. 
mm-hmm. with the uh, cranberry juice, yeah. ocean spray. Ocean you know, spray, yeah. that video would have never been made on Quibi because no, no, people don't right. realize that with creativity, you can't plan it too much. Sometimes it just has to be in the, in the moment, you know? Yeah. Also too, man. And I, I think this is going to be a big, sh- I don't think it's going to be a big shocker statement to say, but it is an important statement to say, no one cares about celebrities anymore. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, no, people, let's be honest, people still do in a way because, or else they wouldn't be able to, you know, buy this now, sponsor this, but I know what you mean by it's, uh, change the game, uh, because anyone can really prove that they can make social, social media content and things can go viral. I think it's a matter of how relevant can you stay and the ones that are smart, right. Mm -hmm. The ones that know how to connect with their fans. We all talk about this all the time is just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean anything. How are you connecting with your fans? What else mm-hmm. are you doing, uh, you know, offset behind the camera, um, off the air? And the ones, the celebrities that we know, like Angelina Jolie, for example, she was on the top of her game when I was growing up. Everybody mm-hmm. loved her. I haven't heard anything from her. And mm-hmm. it's because she doesn't, uh, I don't think she connects with her fans. I don't think she has a social media presence. And people, you know, our generation at least understand that that's important. And if you want to stay, keep your brand um exposed if you want to you know bring some light to it what are your thoughts on it well my thoughts are similar to yours and let me just rephrase that statement you know sure. the the original idea of what a celebrity actor was or is you know where like you do a couple movies and you go away you come back and do more movies i think that doesn't exist anymore i don't think that's gonna be very sustainable mm-hmm. suitable for certain actors of course, there's of course there are some outliers, right? Like Damien Lewis, you know, he can always go, leave, and come back. And I go, think he's retired now, but then is, again, is he retired? Right? I think he, he claimed he was retired, but then again, they might do a surprise cameo. So, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but like the the games that changed quickly, you know, you're competing because I think these studios don't think they're not competing against YouTube. Yes, you are. Oh, they don't think they're competing against Fortnite. Yes, you are. They don't think they're competing against TikTok. Yes, you are. Even like music executives don't think they're competing against TikTok. Yes, you're 100% competing against TikTok. You're competing against people's attention and time. You know, people can do promo videos. I talk about this all the time. Promo videos of just, you know, a bunch of people dancing, you know, to sell streetwear and use your song. And you can actually pull off a better or at least more gravitating video than some music video on vivo you know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know what's funny what's I, I heard that some music executives hate tiktok because they can't capitalize on the music that people are using mm. on tiktok i don't know i, let, I don't know financially if, or like financially creative, creatively. oh financially they right, make money off of it? no they can't make money off it how, how are they going to make money off the licensing so how does tiktok acquire these i thought they, there was a deal I, was there a deal? I, I don't know. I, I, I've read That's like crazy. some of them were, were, were really upset by the fact that like people are just uploading artist songs on it. Maybe there is a licensing deal. Maybe these major studios, major music studios I feel like, allow yeah. them to do it because it is a big issue. You're playing someone else's content on a course, different platform. Yeah. But I feel like so, it was maybe it's one of those things where TikTok blew up so fast and they realized how many users were on there. So artists if they wanted to be somebody like Gary Vee always says, he wanted, he always talks about um, if you're an artist or in music, you should be putting up covers or putting up uh, your original content so people can use your music uh, with their dance videos or when they're doing inspirational talks. So do you feel maybe these artists were forced to submit it to TikTok just to stay relevant without asking for a fee or some sort of licensing? I, I, I don't, I don't know because I would assume that either some of these music studios, the major ones, have mm-hmm. either like equity on the company, right, or they are using licensing fees or copyright fees, you know, for each time a user uploads a song to TikTok because that's a big part of it, right? People create dances through music, so I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm actually just quickly googling that up because. I would assume that like if I was a Sony music executive, I'll be quite upset right now because <laughs> it's true. Well, they spent all no, this no, money I know, for I know. these I'm artists. La- I'm laughing, brother, because, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, <laughs> Christian studied accounting, so he's a number cruncher. And when the numbers don't match up, that's when he gets rattled. 
I well, not rattle, but like it's it's a big investment, man. It's a big company, you know. They have they have to make payroll. <laughs> like I know, but I'm just playing. I like, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I wanted to get a laugh at you. There it is. <laughs> Yo, man, they gotta make payroll. Like always, I know always, remember, always remember that they, they they gotta make payroll. But that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm saying is if anyone's really upset, it's the accountants because they know they know the value of uh, balancing. And see okay there we go it says right here on TechCrunch, um release on november 2nd of 2020 tiktok announced this morning it has signed a new licensing agreement with sony music entertainment that will allow short form video apps to continue to offer songs from sony music artists for use by creators on this platform now that makes sense 100 percent, that makes sense yeah but sometimes some artists you know who play their music, which is so funny. I don't know if you see this, but hip hop artists do that often. They'll play some of their music on Instagram Live and that gets quickly taken down. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that. I know, I heard of that. <laughs> that's actually funny, but it makes Yo, sense, right? Because the algorithm doesn't know who you are, but they should know, do it in yeah. a way where, yeah, that, that's not, that's embarrassing. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, man. So, so, so quite interesting world we live in, man. Instagram's been cracking down a lot, man, not just for music. Like they've been taking down like, provocative photos or like you know you know you hear it all the time like people's accounts are getting banned mm-hmm. uh, certain posts shadow like banned. comedian i follow yeah comedian i follow is like uh something he posted is, that is yeah, it andrew schultz no 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 but he's another one that's hilarious uh <laughs> he he you follow you you follow him right like yeah man some of stuff? yeah I, I think andrew schultz uh, i think he he knows what he's doing and he's very he capitalized smart. on it bro yeah he's very smart he's very smart like i don't think yeah. people recognize how smart of a guy he is Mm-hmm. no he uh his story is uh you know friend of joe rogan there where and joe rogan commends him for this the fact that he you know had the studio space and he was building up like a little set and apparently the pandemic hit and instead of him like you know wallowing in pity like he didn't know what to do or because stand-ups like, were all closed right because that was this thing that's their mm-hmm. thing right that the studio space really was for broadcasting he explained mm-hmm. or like having get people over shooting the shit and he basically used it as a way to just put out original content, like yeah. nonstop skits and impressions and, you know, podcasts too. Right. And yeah. he blew up that way and uh, he's doing very well for himself. I think he even yeah. created a Netflix special in 2020. Yeah. And, That's and all fast crew, right? Yeah. And think about the business side of things, right? The upfront cost. What, what was it? Building the studio, studio space? Yeah, nothing. And even That's for like, him, because yeah that's not that's not too expensive yeah a few thousand yeah i can't see it being that much it's not like and when we say studio space we're not talking warner brothers we're talking like a room you know like a room like you rent it out soundproof walls or something yeah something like yeah something and that's that i'm glad you said that see how you're like what 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 kind of investment was that there's a lot of people i don't understand is you know they need to invest in their brand and they need to invest in the the reach of that brand like a lot of people i see like you know posting videos and you know, uh, about their music or about uh, something that you're trying to promote. And I'm saying to myself, why don't you hire someone that, that can maybe help you or, or, mm. or curate something that, that is more to, to your brand or your liking? Because you and I discuss this all the time. What you see on social media is a reflection of you as an extension yeah. of your creativity, extension mm. of what you can offer. And if it doesn't match, you know, the best of your ability or what you can do, like you should be investing into your brand you should be hiring someone like if you need a a podcast design for an artwork don't do it by yourself you know what i mean yeah hire a graphic designer or a website if you really can't figure it out it's okay hire the web designer okay so what if it costs a few hundred it'll look good and it's the long-term investment that will give you the rewards the roi return on investment right it's it's that's the thing yo that's the thing people don't get man there's a cost to play to play the game yeah, no, but I'm saying is that it, there, there's people I know yeah. that have money and I'm saying is, you know, what's, what's a few hundred or to, to, to make, make a, a good looking like a video or a podcast yeah. or with the sound or whatever, just spend a little bit and you can see how far you can go with it. Right. Yeah. So that's just something I, I believe in. A hundred percent. And do what you said, do what you said, if either you're spending money or you're spending time, I'd rather spend money than spend my time because my time is so limited. You know, you you mm-hmm. better it's best to be focused on what you're good at, then spend money on what you're not good at, then try to do it everything by yourself because you're gonna spend so much time. If you can that salvage that, that's why I've I've uh, you know uh, subscribed to the concept of working smarter than harder. Is that mm-hmm. you know there are people, let's be honest, they work really fu- really hard, man, blood, sweat, mm-hmm. and tears, and mm-hmm. 
unfortunately, a lot of them, it doesn't get them anywhere. Why? Because mm-hmm. they're not working smarter. They're not pivoting. They're not seeing, okay, I work, I did this. It's not working out. Let me try this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do the same thing over and over again. I believe Einstein said this and expect different results, but that's just it's insanity. You have to mm-hmm. change it up and you have mm-hmm. to try new ways. And as creatives, I'm not like myself, I'm not perfect. I'm mm-hmm. always learning new ways and new things uh, to better present my material. But that's part of the growth, but to at least be aware, right. To at least understand that, you know, it's all about displaying, showcasing your, your brand in the best possible mm-hmm. light. Right. It's because people remember that it's, 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 uh, stays with them. So I just want to say, before we go, uh, what should filmmakers being, uh, be doing right now to optimize their chances of brand exposure? And consumer reach that's a good question um if i was a filmmaker man I, i'll just like if i like if i was like very focusing like this is it i'll just be making shorts after shorts after shorts after shorts and just releasing all the platforms tiktok youtube instagram right. uh facebook i heard facebook video is also a really good good way of like increasing exposure because algorithm right. actually works in benefits that's what I'll be doing. I don't know why people don't, I don't know why people are so not doing that. Because everyone's trying to do this big thing, you know, I'm going to work on this big project and this big project is going to get me there. It's going to get me here. It's like, man, you might as well just work on 20 different things, 20 short things. You'll learn a lot more that way. For sure. And you're not going to go in major debt, you know, for 21 things. Well, big, a big thing. Yeah. A big thing for me is like, even if it's not short films, what I've come to realize, because again, the circumstances, you don't know any, everybody's situation. Mm-hmm. Um, find other ways, be creative that you can bring exposure to your brand. Mm-hmm. So um, again, I'm not perfect, but what I've been doing is instead of, you know, based on the circumstances, making short films, because I have some things lined up, but circumstances where I'm living, things were locked down for a while. In the meantime, I started these vlogs and I started yeah. these podcasts because a, I love doing it. I love talking. I love expressing my ideas and catching up with friends and colleagues. And I think a lot of people like yourself, Christian, can share insights on things people don't really know about or are interested in learning more or curious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's helped me so far, uh, the little that I've done uh, since last December and slowly and slowly be introducing myself to more and more people, whether it's in the industry, whether it's in industries that I have no involvement in, but they share the same passion to create. Um, it, it can really expand uh, your network. And that's something that I would advise uh, filmmakers to do or, or any creative really for that matter is don't be so narrow-minded. It doesn't have to be in your field, particularly you can expand into a new hobby, right? Like maybe yeah. you really like, maybe you really like to, to no. sing like, why are you laughing? What's up? I'm laughing because you're speaking the truth, but they're not going to listen to you, man. They they have this dream and vision in their head of what they, how things should go. Like, no, man. Like, the, the, like come the on. The real ones? No, no, no. Like, the come real on. Ones, I, we we got to be a, honest. Bro, <laughs> like, I'm, an optimistic, I'm an optimistic person. I think the real ones listening will, will, will learn from this. No, but man, I know yeah, what you I'm mean. Sure. Some, like, some, you know what it is, man? It's, it's the courage to just... Uh, except yeah the courage to fail really because i fail all the time christian yeah. knows it uh christian uh, will message I fail me. too well, i'm yeah. not perfect as well <laughs> i'll message christian too and i'll be like bro what are you doing yeah <laughs> no we're all we're all it's all in good fun but the reason why we keep going is because when you do make something that's that resonates when you do make something that makes you feel fulfilled there's no better feeling in the world but in order to get there you have to fall 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 okay. fall fall i'm falling every day guys i never want you guys to feel when I speak that I'm doing better than you because there are days Christian knows cause he's a good friend yeah. where sometimes I'm like, Christian, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I might, yeah. you know, quit, quit this right now. Yeah. But you, you once said it on a podcast. I was editing, uh, cause we do, we, we've done many podcasts before together. Uh, it's okay to have a bad day yeah, and it's okay to have a bad week and it's okay mm-hmm. to have a bad month. The question is, is, are you going to get up? Are you going to yeah. wake up after that, right? Are you going to realize what you did wrong? Or are you just going to not be so hard on yourself? That's something that I got to take into account is not being so hard. And I think I just want to, yeah, make that, make that clear is, you know, if you're struggling right now to create, it doesn't have to be something so grand. It doesn't have to be a YouTube video, TikTok video. Yeah. Um, it could just be something as drawing, like something I took up with drawing 
Um, you know, there are so many talented artists out there. There are so many mm-hmm. artists that are so much better. They can replicate Christian's face, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exactly. But the fact that I do something creatively or find a new outlet, that's something I would encourage you if you're listening is find something to do, find something that you're producing more than you're consuming. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are in a dark place because they're not doing that. Mm-hmm. That would make sense, right? It makes sense. You know what? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, had this great interview with uh, Guy Raz, who hosted this podcast called How I Built This. Mm-hmm. And one of the great key points in that interview, because I was listening to it, I was like, he said that one of the music, biggest reasons why he thinks a lot of up-and-coming filmmakers are struggling is that, like, is the need to think that they need to be perfect right away. Because mm-hmm. he said when he started out, he was just imitating his idols. Yeah. So he would do a movie that what that like a Spielberg would do, and he would imitate that scene. Mm-hmm. And he and he doesn't even have the idea of like selling the movie right away. He just has the idea that scene that he really like. He wants to, he wants to do it, and that's how he started, and that's why he kept on doing it. And each time he released a movie, he always felt like that's the last movie they're gonna make him do. Like no one's gonna give him more money to make any other movie. Like he might as well just have fun with it. And what I was very curious about that teaching is one a he was present in the moment and understanding like, look, I'm just doing this for now. If it fails, it fails, but at least I'm having fun doing it. You know, that's another key point, and I love the fact that you said that. Um, one cool thing i think have you seen the last dance by uh, michael jordan um, yeah i want to talk to you about that yeah i just recently watched it i took breaks yeah but beautiful beautiful tell tell, tell us about your thoughts man i think it's one of the documentaries i've been been re-watching i find myself always watching the last 10 minutes of episode 9 and the first 20 minutes of episode 10 do you remember that remember that part where it's like yeah it's like this him uh, and Gus. Gus was his bodyguard at the time, and right. and his reporter and Michael Jordan was getting ready for this last game against the Indiana Pacers. I think it was Game Seven. Mm-hmm. It was the '96 and '90. It was the '96 and '97 um, Bulls run, and the reporter told him, "It's just straight face, so binary. Some can and some can't." I, I don't know, remember that scene. There was something about the the scene that I remember this, the scene that I remember before it went to black uh, in episode nine is he basically, he was getting emotional uh, because they were like, are you a nice guy? And then he was like, listen, he's like, people don't realize what it takes to win. Yeah. If that means stepping on a few toes, so be it. But this is who I am. And if you can't handle it, then I don't know what to tell you, but he would, but it wasn't like he was saying it like an F you like, you know what? Like I'm tired of this. He was getting emotional because you just realize that he doesn't want, no one wants to be the badass, like the, yeah. the bad guy. I mean, no one wants to be a piece of shit, Someone but he to had to be that way. He had to ridicule his team because he had to toughen them up mentally and physically so they can take on any opponent. And mm. that's how he was able to, to get the bulls to where they are and leave behind a legacy. Yeah. But, but I love, I love that point. But the point I was trying to make is his life sometimes is very binary, man. Like, yeah. Some people can, some people can't. That's just the way it is. But I love and, the documentary. I love the documentary because it showcases back to what we were saying is everyone has this notion that people, the celebrities, especially they, they never have a bad day. Every day is a good day. This guy, no. this guy was going, I had no idea his father was kidnapped and murdered. Like that's mm. insane. Yeah. Like I didn't know that. And that took a to, uh, celebrity or not. He's human. Yeah. And that took a huge toll on his game the fact that he was able to focus but it took him a while they said and he even i think had to retire right turn Mm -hmm. into baseball just to you know deal with his mental health and yeah get away and you know figure out his stuff and he went went through the pressures of like you know performing and that's what i love what he said is that you know people think people want to be the best and whatever but they don't realize is that you don't become the best and you stay at the best yeah there's more work involved to 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 remain at that level there's and that's that's the pressure yeah that, that's the pressure that and, and you you as a, like let's say a michael jordan fan um or me as a tarantino fan next movie he makes it's like i expect you know the best of the best right and these filmmakers these athletes go into it knowing that they are being judged they are being looked at a lot of them can't handle the pressure yeah. which is why they spiral out of control and the ones that stick around i think it's because they're so authentic to the craft it wasn't about the fame it was about the craft itself 
that they never never let uh, those ideas deter them. Those ideas yeah. of judgment. There, there's also you not know so funny. So with the whole NBA and with mm-hmm. all the games being like being done not in front of a big crowd but a smaller crowd. Right. People are saying that like they're seeing the best basketball they've ever seen before because the pressure of not having a crowd in front of you definitely makes your game so much better. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand as well, man. Like you have to perform in front of like thousands of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a I had a cousin. I I I'm not, I'm 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 taking that in because I had a cousin, uh not a cousin. Um there's someone I knew that uh was in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I remember in, through conversations, never directly to, from him, but, you know, family and things like that, that idea, that notion of playing amongst, you know, in the NHL amongst uh, mm-hmm. 17,000 people, mm-hmm. um, it's not the same. Like you have to have a strong head game to yeah. strong mind to figure out like what's going on and yeah. figure out like, like be focused, really yeah. like have that, have that mental game. Um because it's not always physical, man. These guys, no. and you got to constantly, and that's the thing, man, is that people that, you know, oh, I want to make the NHL, whatever. These guys, man, they're like working out. They're killing yeah. it every day, man. They're slapping pucks against the wall. They're probably, well, that's yeah. all, they live it and breathe it. It's there, not like they make for, the money and they go home, you know? Yeah. And to add to that, there's, there, they, there's social events that they attend, press yeah. events that they attend. Yeah. They have to be constant professionals. You have to know what, and, and you know how on a podcast, right? We're, we're always careful. Like we don't want to, mm say something too much and you know even if we do it's like ah like who thank god no one's listening or whatever mm. but imagine like them where it's like they might they yeah. accidentally say something like yeah that coach pissed me off like you know because they're angry in the moment that, that'll 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 hurt them right in a way you said of what happened to that miami heat player right uh i forgot his name like laron mayor or something is he that when the pandemic started no that was that happened a couple oh. weeks ago he's, he said oh, something well, very um anti-semitic while playing a video game oh yeah was- and of course there was like a big um like you should not say what he said like that was very dumb of him to say you gotta be very you gotta be very careful nowadays man you gotta be careful like come on man who has that type of thinking but anyways people no no no, but i'm saying is no but that's what i'm saying is you have to be conscientious and first of all you shouldn't be saying any of that but you you also you also like should be smart enough to know that you know what i mean you don't you don't talk that way especially being recorded Mm -hmm. (laughs) like did he know he was live or on what was he doing? No, he like, knew he was live. He, he was yeah, frustrated in the yeah, moment. Because that's, that, that's, that's what right, happens yeah. when you're playing COD, you, you get frustrated, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> like <laughs> But again, it's a responsibility when you're at that it level. Is. Like Joe Rogan, he was explaining it. He's like, listen, before as much as I want to say I want to shoot this shit and whatever, there I didn't realize the gravity of the situation. There are so many millions of people tuning in, listening in, depending yeah. on what I say, that I can't, I gotta, I gotta not make it sound like it's stupid. I gotta, I can't say stupid shit just because I want to say stupid shit. I have to, I'm not always going to be right, but I got to speak, uh, as, as professionally as I can, uh, while getting the points across. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause that's why I say, man, there's a cost. There's a cost, there's a cost. To that, right? With there's great power comes great responsibility, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a spidey guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Love, yeah. Love time, man. Can, can we for the next one? But yeah, yeah, man, there's a cost to everything. I don't think people understand that. Um, and you know, whenever I hear people that have big ambitions and becoming like a, like a celebrity, either an actor or influencer, you know, I'll, I'm back in my head. I'm like thinking to myself, this person doesn't understand the cost that it takes. You know? Well, that's it, something it, you tell me, right? When I when I'm like a pursuing, you know, my thing is I'm pursuing that that level, right? And uh, you, that's you're the first person to probably tell me that if I were to get there um you would say hey like you got to be very careful like how you talk and yeah you know make sure that you walk walk a straight line to some to some respect while being true to your craft but you know not uh because eyes are going to be watching you everyone's going to be watching yeah. you, right and and another thing too you got to pick a side you can't be in the middle sometimes that's you right yeah a, you have you to pick, pick a, side. a side like if you believe in something you got to just stand by it yeah big like time. tom cruise <laughs> On, on, yeah. on set he believed he believed that that was uh you know make it or break it like that movie needed to be made and uh those people weren't following suit so he said i'm taking the side of that producer where it's like you guys aren't showing up to work you know f you guys f you guys so like oh yeah so i, I don't think i don't think I, I haven't read anything i'm hoping they finish shooting that movie um yeah. if he was mission if what was it six or was it seven was it eight? I don't know, man. They've been making know, so man. much, see, so much content. See, 
See, that's an, a universe I would love to be in. Like, I would love to be able to play that, be in that universe. Oh, well, Mission Impossible 7. Yeah, yeah they, they just, it's good because they just keep making bangers yeah. uh, with Mission Impossible. Great live action, practical stunts, like real live legit stunts. But it's even smart. Like you watch it and you're like, okay, there's some intelligence behind this, you know? Mm-hmm. Great Fast franchise. and Furious, Fast and Furious, I love it, but it is a guilty pleasure, right? Oh. You gotta have fun with it. Yeah, man, I'm not coming in there trying to get Yo, the meaning Fast of life. Fast Nine, bro. Fast Nine. Are we watching this or what? Yeah, man, man. All <laughs> I, all I want is is um is my boy The Rock to become president, man. I know. I'm just kidding now. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know people are pushing for that. No joke. No joke, man. But hold on, before we go, I want to ask you the Fast and Furious. Uh, you're okay to watch that on Netflix, like on a on a screen? Yeah, man. Look. Oh, okay. Bro, those well, movies, I, I, those movies should be an IMAX, man. You know this. They, they should be an IMAX, but it's not like it's not like it's gonna ruin them my movie experience. I still ha- look. Here's the thing, man. This <laughs> you have these great headphones, you know. You you have the AirPods. Those right. are those are great drivers that 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 that's being built there. Mm-hmm. You can hear the bass and the boom on, on those on those earpieces. I don't get, like, I get it. You want to be in a big screen. You want to hear the crazy sounds. But your yeah. headphones does a good job as well. I, yeah. Like, for me, it's this. For me, it's this. It's like, is the price worth the, Is the price worth it? Right. If I have $17 in my pocket, is it worth it? Yeah. And to be yeah, honest, man, it's, it's, a, it's all a matter, it's all a matter of, <laughs> of preference, right? Like, those are the only movies I'm saying that are passable that, that I would consider in the theater, right? Yeah, I'll, I will watch it too. But like, we got to put, we got to put us BFL in the shoes of like a, the movie audience, the movie goer, right? Like, right. is it worth it for them to spend that hard-earned money? Because they can easily yeah. watch it. They can like, they have a sweet screen. They can buy great speakers, like secondhand. Yeah. Like. But even the beats, right? Like if you, if you really want to spend money, invest in beats yeah wireless beats they cup around your your ears and yeah block out all sound you'll feel like you're in the movie theater you fear so like yeah so I like know. sorry 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 to act, uh, attack you there but that's other points people keep telling me well what about the movie experience i'm like you can have a superb movie experience with a headphones bro i don't know what movie experience you're looking for do you actually want to be like splash on the screen like I don't oh i'm not denying i'm not denying that i just i think it's uh i will stand by it with the movie theater though is there's something about uh, being in that dark room and like i think it's just because it goes back to nostalgia right is, like it goes back it, to a sentimentality okay. right that's all it is really but there is something for me like i enjoy for me man like a big blockbuster or a comedy i enjoy watching it with a crowd believe it or not i know some people are against yeah, okay. that I, I, people are, I get, you know, I get the comedy noise. part because like right. some parts that are funny you know it's funny to laugh Make it even funnier bro yeah, yeah. but i'm saying even an action movie like just to be like like hearing people clap or just getting that raw emotion I don't know. There's something about watching it by yourself. Like, I don't know. I, I, I was watching, I remember like Star Wars movies, like people gasping and I, it just adds another layer to it. And maybe because yeah. I, I thrive on that because I'm a storyteller, man. Mm-hmm. I thrive on it. Right. So yeah. either way, I'm not, I'm not denying for sure that the experience can be replicated for sure. Um, but, but invest in a big TV. <laughs> but that's, that, that's also interesting, right? Cause a movie we have to watch with a crowd, but playing a video game, we can play by ourselves. That is very true, actually. Yeah. So, so like, so I don't get, so I don't get that, right? Because we're already playing, and we don't even want, and we don't even, if you think about it, watch the whole story in one sitting. That's what, that's what's surreal to me. Like Uncharted, think about it. Yeah. It's it's written. They have a script. It's written like a movie. But I've died so many times. There's so many things I've gotten away. I don't play video games like eight hours straight or every Mm -hmm. day. That is. So finishing like a story that would last an hour and a half, two hours on the screen, is taking me two months to play. Yeah, but for some reason, when I finish it, I still understand what happened, and I remember all the things that happened in the story. Yeah, because you're because you're an active participant on it. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and that's what I wish. I was playing, like I said, I was watching Alien, and I just they got to invest in that where the technology is so cheap that you can make a video game on basically anything that people love. You know? Yeah, like playing yeah. as like Xenomorph and running around a ship, and like just giving you that that feel because. Like you said, video games puts it on a different level. You're actually a participant in the the movie, in the universe, right? Like who doesn't want to play as Iron Man? Yeah, 100%. And- <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
I would love to be Tony Stark. You kidding me? That's like, what I'm saying, man. Fun. Like flying around and, and and doing missions and stuff. Yeah. Like instead of a Spider-Man game, let's make an Iron Man game. Come on, we got yeah, the uh, we great. got the market for it. I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's. And now let's talk a bit about Twitch because now we're in, on this little weird thing. Because I'm very curious to know what you think of this. Okay. Do you do you find it bizarre that people actually watch other people play games? Um, no, because I was a person that did that. Um, I don't. I find it bizarre maybe as the older you get because it's kind of like, what are you doing? Like I, I would do it in my teenage years because I was addicted to COD and I loved seeing people online how they play Call of Duty, and. I don't know. For me, the, the farthest I would go is because now I'm more into the narrative experience, like video games that have a story to them, is I would watch on YouTube the cutscenes. But I don't know why I would watch someone play the video game, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless it's like a multiplayer online game, like Fortnite, I understand, because you want to see like how good a guy is. Um, sometimes it's even entertaining how they talk shit online. But again, I've grown out of that. That's why I believe I'm biased, right? I believe it it's suitable for a different audience. I can't see someone our age. Like, can you see yourself sitting on, on YouTube watching other people play video games? So I personally can't see myself doing that. But like, I know friends who just spend time watching Twitch channels and people playing games and they just find it calming. And that's, and that's what's so interesting. About, but it's for, about, it's not, yeah, but it's for, it's not for everyone. That's what I'm saying. Like something that's, that I like is they're very different to the, your friend and something vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. but what were you gonna say sorry no no that's why i find so interesting i i think i think the way we consume things has completely shifted i like i don't know i like, i'll give you an example that, i'll give you an example oh, yeah i'll give you an example like uh i would watch a lot of part of the reason uh part of the things that inspired uh, corner talks and these vlogs and these podcasts is when in last summer uh, there was not really much to do this whole pandemic especially in the springtime when it first happened. So when I would draw or when I would do my own thing, things that wouldn't require all that much thought, I would just listen to people talking about, you know, mental health and talking about, you know, tips of morning routines and, you know, how, how to better their lives and um, things to watch out for uh, toxic people, things like that. And I have someone like my sister that was like, what are you watching? She's like, people listen to that. Like you're going to listen to a 20 minute video about that. And I said, yeah. And I thought I was weird about it. But then I realized, holy shit, this person has half a million subscribers. That's the thing is that this video is not for someone like my sister that is thinking about that. Her head's not there, right? This is for people like me that are interested in what people have to say about mental health or people or whatever. And in 20 years, if I'm not interested anymore, I'll find another piece of content. And that's why, you know, you always encourage me and something I have to remind myself is, you know, as long as you're trying your best, as long as you're putting good intentions and you're keeping consistent, right? That's something that you always remind me. It's a consistency. That's the, that's really the hardest part. Exactly. And, and I've been trying, and you know me, man, I almost burnt out this week because that's yeah. how consistent I've been trying to be. What I realized is that there's nothing more you can do. Like the people that are meant to watch your content, the people that enjoy what you have to say will find you if they yeah. find you, right? But you can't control that. You know, these mm-hmm. people like, you know, how many times I get emails, like increase your SEO, your performance and um, your, your, your an- analytics. We can tell you what you're doing here and what you're doing. That's great and all, but YouTube can do that for me for free. Yeah. I don't know why I have to have hire someone, whatever, and put all this money. People are saying, promote your content. I've done promotions and content and it mm-hmm. has helped because I met like a contact or two, but man, it's expensive. And for someone like me, where it's like, you know what, how about you just put out content? And people will find you, you know what I mean? Like, and do it on all platforms, but keep keeping consistent. The people that spend thousands of dollars to so their content can be seen. I want it to be in a more uh, organic perspective where people are gravitated to the content because they're enjoying what they see, not because it's forced upon them. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, that that makes hundred percent sense. I, um, yeah, man, like there's nothing else I can say to that. That makes hundred percent sense. But like, cause back to it, man people have fear they they don't want to fail you know i think it's i think it's a big i think it's a big thing is that embracing the fear of vulnerability i always say and the consistency because people i'm guilty of this i would post something and expect because you know tiktok you post something like oh i heard the organic reach is insane when i would first post my videos bro i would get like 20 views (laughs) like (laughs) of my corner talks now i'm averaging about uh three four hundred which i'm pretty happy and it's steadily increased but it's because i've posted i've not missed one day i posted every single day and that speaks to anyone that 
is, you know, finding the courage to post on TikTok. Just remember, if you do it every day, just once a day, even push for two times, but just once, mm-hmm. you'll slowly start to see a steady yeah. growth. As long as you have good intentions, as long as your, your, your content is really trying to entertain or inspire. Anyway, we're going to uh, keep doing more of these conversations. Stay tuned. Uh, Christian, thank you again for joining the podcast. Uh, if you have anything to say before we leave. No, no. Thanks for having me on, man. And Perfect. people like know you are. Tell people who you are and tell people who what you want on unapologetically like you being upfront and direct people exactly you're going far you're going to go far in life you'd be surprised how far you can go in life exactly so on that note um take care everybody and uh, we'll talk soon